Everybody turn your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 3. Been saved for a long time. And I have read the Bible and read the Bible and studied the Bible and studied the Bible. And there's lots of books. In fact, there's 66 to be exact. But you know, one of my favorite books, all the Word of God, is the book of Romans. There's a lot there. And what I love about the book of Romans is Apostle Paul is sharing the truth about man and his need of salvation. We all need to be saved. Amen. There's nobody that's ever been born into this world that doesn't need to be saved. Even though there's a lot of Mac like they don't need it, but they do. So, is everybody in chapter 3? We're going to begin with verse 21. According to the Word of God, Paul speaking, he says, but... Now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon, upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what? Law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcision through faith, do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. Let's pray. Father, we come thanking you for this day and opportunity, thanking you for each one gathered here in your sanctuary. And Father, don't know the spiritual condition of those that stand before or the needs that are there, but you do. And Father, I just pray as I get ready to break the bread of life that you'll bless your word. Your word will reach its intended purposes and it'll not return void. And Lord, May you just be glorified, 
through your word and may ears and hearts be open that they might receive what you have and they might have understanding of what the Apostle Paul is trying to tell us here in Romans 3. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you again for each home represented. Father, we lift up those that have not been able to be with us, those that are sick, afflicted, those out of town. And Father, as we get ready to have this outreach next Saturday, please go before us and pr prepare hearts so that we might be able to share the glorious gospel and win lost souls unto you. For we ask these things in the blessed name of our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Be seated, please. Thank you for being here this morning. Uh, how many of you are going on an outreach next Saturday? Raise your hand. Amen. Good deal. How many are prepared to share the gospel? How many of you know how to share the gospel? There's a few of us. Amen. Praise God for that. Great. Because we have a gospel to share. Again, understand, when it comes to salvation, there is only one way. There is only one truth, and there is only one life, and that is through Christ's atoning death on the cross of Calvary for the sins of mankind, for humanity, if you will. He's the only way. The truth of salvation is before Christ, according to Paul, let's go ahead and jump into it. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Before Christ came into the world to die on the cross for our sins, the law was given. Do you know why the law was given? Now, it was given specifically to the Jews. But do you know why the law was given? It was to one point to man God's holy character. You see, God is holy, he is righteous, and in our sinful, depraved condition, we cannot approach God. And two, the law was given to show us our need to be reconciled to God and to gain salvation. That's the two reasons the law was given. And understand, the law could never save. So many of the Jews thought by keeping the law that it guaranteed them a right relationship with God and an entrance into heaven. Listen, the law was never given to save anybody. Understand, all it was to do was to show men how depraved they were and the holy character of God. You know, we have it so backwards today. A lot of us think we can just approach God in any way we want to. God is holy. His standards have never changed. And when it comes to approaching God, we can only approach him through our intercessor, the Lord Jesus Christ. We can only approach him through salvation being washed and cleansed by the blood. In our own condition, it could never be done. But yet you hear people tell you all the time, oh, if you just be good. 
God will take you just the way you are. He only takes us through faith according to his grace. God gives us salvation, not because we deserve it or we can earn it, but because he chose to redeem us through the sacrifice of his son. How come people can't get that? And that's why Paul's trying to explain to the Jews that, hey, okay, yes, the law was given to you. And for thousands of years, those Hebrews were given the law and they thought by keeping it, they were saved. They were good with God. But now you might say Paul is preaching something new. You see, he's preaching the gospel of salvation by grace through faith. And to them, we've never heard such a thing. And you can't say the Gentiles knew a whole lot about it because one, they had no clue about the law. And two, they really didn't know Jehovah God like the Jews did. But Paul is sharing the gospel of salvation by grace through faith. Aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful that the Lord sent his son to redeem us? Now, notice what it says. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ. So how can you and I be made righteous before God? Again, our sin separates us from God. How can we be made Righteous, only through God's Son, Jesus Christ, by simple, childlike faith. Which means we trust Him and what He accomplished on the cross. Now that's pretty simple. That's not hard to understand. I get people all the time that I've shared the gospel. There's got to be more to it. It's too easy. Thank God it's easy. What if it was hard? What if we had to jump through hoops? What if all of y'all had to bring a goat or a lamb every Sunday to the house of God that we had to offer for atonement? No, he made it easy. Now, don't take what I'm saying. Salvation wasn't easy on our Savior who provided redemption. Listen, it cost him everything. And he paid such a price for all of us. I'll just go ahead and tell you. If it was me, you're not worth it. I'm not worth it. None of us are worth it. But God loves you and me. Nobody loves us like God. Mama loves me. My wife, I hope, loves me after 40-something years. My kids love me. At least they say they do. But one thing I know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, God loves me. In spite of this old sinner. He loves me. And it's un. Conditional, even 
when I stub my toe, even when I get angry, even when I fail him, his love never changes, Brother Ciro. That's love. That is love. Now, notice what Paul's saying. But now, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Now, you see, again, the Jews thought, well, we've been given the law. This is the way we earn a relationship with God, by keeping the law. And when Paul came with the gospel of salvation, grace through faith, you see, they were afraid, literally, the gospel, this new gospel was going to take and do away with the law. But Paul is reminding them, no, 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 listen, through the word and the prophets, the law is still there to point you to one day Christ, the Messiah, will come into the world to die for our sins. It was God's plan all along. But during the Old Testament days and the prophets, everything that they proclaimed concerning the Messiah to die for the sins of the world, every time a priest offered a sacrifice, that was to point them to one day Christ would come and die for our sins. The temple itself, the glory of the temple itself presented that one day in the future, the Messiah would come because the temple pictured Christ and what he would do for us. You see, I'm thankful that in the Old Testament they were pointed to the Messiah coming eventually. But to us Gentiles, we look back, they were looking forward to his coming. We're looking back because he has come. But it's still all by a simple act faith. Faith. And aren't you glad that all you got to do is have faith the size of a tiny mustard seed. He's not saying you got to have gigantic faith all the time because I'm going to go ahead and tell you, there's times I barely have that mustard seed faith. But then there's other times, mountain, get out of the way. Be cast into the sea. We esteem high one day, and low the next. But every man has, get this, the same measure of faith. Not at all the same time. But we have the same measure because the just shall live by faith. Now, notice what it says. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. 
let me break that down in simple Arkansas terms. Anyone can obtain salvation if they place their faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross. Anyone. That includes you, me, everyone. Believe it or not, even the terrorists out there that want to destroy America. Jesus loves them. Jesus died on the cross to save them and they can obtain salvation if they'll call upon the Lord. You say, Brother John, I don't feel like praying for him. Sometimes I have to ask the Lord to give me a burden for him. I really do. Because I love my country and so do you. And <laughs> it's got to where you don't know where you're going to be. You could be at a grocery store and some silly person could come in and shoot it up. You could be sitting in the house of God. Somebody come in and start shooting it up. Well, you can't scare us with heaven. But I'm just saying, even the schools. <sighs> Show you how times have changed. When I was in school, we carried our guns to school and went squirrel hunting afterwards. And we had our guns go to the office. You would have to check them in the office. They'd hold them there till after school. But nobody, oh, he's got a gun. Hit the ground. It wasn't that a way. Try that today. <laughs> But times have changed, Brother Ciro. We have to be safe. And thank God for those that are there to watch over and protect our kids. But again, anybody can be saved. But listen, you can only be saved God's way. And he's trying to say, it's not something that you earn or deserve or you do. Why? Because Jesus did it all for us. Everything. He left nothing out. What a Savior. Now, notice what it says here. He saves Jew and Gentile alike. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of of God. I will reiterate, I said it earlier. All of us are sinners. There's never been one person, not ever born in this world, that isn't a sinner in need of salvation. None. And I know when some of us go to that outreach and we start sharing the gospel. And most of us will probably use the old Roman road because that is a tried and true, true way to share the gospel. When we come to this verse where all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, that's where people are going to start bowing up. I'm not a sinner. I ain't never killed nobody. I don't deal drugs. I don't hurt no one. I don't abuse anybody. I pay my bills. I'm good. The Bible says there's none righteous. No, not one. And even though you can be moral, you can be the best citizen, the best husband, father, 
You can be the best neighbor, the best employee there is on the face of this earth. You're still a sinner. Why? Because of Adam and Eve in the garden. You inherited a sin nature. Everyone born that has been born from the garden up to today, tomorrow, or whatever the future brings, everyone born into the world is born with a sinful nature. And that nature separates us from God. He's holy, he's righteous, we're sinful and depraved. And the only way to be reconciled to God and receive eternal life is by the act of faith in God's only begotten Son. It is simple. But, but, the devil will do everything in his power to trip you up and keep you from recognizing your need of salvation. Now, all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. And this is what I love, being justified. When a person is redeemed and receives salvation, they are declared by God that they are righteous. That's what justification means. Justified. They're declared they're righteous. But listen, not based on what they've done, but based on what Jesus did when he went to the cross and it's through his righteousness that's imputed upon everyone that gets saved that they're justified before God, declared righteous. That's why I don't let the devil chase me past the cross. He ain't chased me very much because I know whom I believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. But understand, I, not because of me, but because of Jesus, I have been declared by God, the Father, righteous. So why would I hold my head down? I belong to the King. I am a child of God. Not because I'd done anything to deserve it, but because of what Jesus did. And that's what Paul is trying to get across to the Jews and Gentiles alike. Justified. And then, notice that little word by it. We kind of skip by it, don't we? That word freely, we sometimes tend to just read it and go on. But we've been justified freely. And that word means without cause. See, understand, we didn't do anything to be justified. Jesus did it all. Therefore, God was able to declare us righteous before him. But Jesus did it all, not us. 
talk to the average person, stop them? What do you think it takes to get you to heaven? Oh, you got to be good. You got to come from a good family. You got to be moral. You know what it takes to get to heaven? Jesus. In fact, he's the only way to heaven. Nothing else. He says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Wow. There's several big words there. Remember big old preacher words. You know, justification, justified. Redemption. Can I tell you about redemption? See, you and I, if you've trusted Christ, have a redeemer. And before we received him as our savior, we were lost in sin, separated from God, in bondage to our sin. But because of Christ's atoning work on the cross, we have been delivered and set free from our taskmaster, sin, and we have been, those bonds of sin have been broken. We're no longer in bondage. We have been freed. And because we are no longer in bondage to sin, you and I can be reconciled to God. But again, who set us free? Jesus set us free when he died on the cross. Don't you love that word, redemption? You and I are free. We have liberty. Not to sin and live any way we want to. I know us Baptists have a bad name out there. Oh, you Baptists think you can live any old way you want to and you're going to heaven. Listen, if you're truly saved, you're going to heaven. There ain't nothing going to separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And no, here's the deal. We sin every day. Anybody says they don't sin, according to the scriptures, they're liars and the truth ain't in them. Understand, we sin every day. But if we're truly saved, we understand the price of sin. When the devil comes our way to tempt, we understand our accountability to God and what it cost the Lord. We don't enjoy sin. We have no desire to sin. But you're going to sin. Amen? But that doesn't give you a license to do it any old time. Well, I feel like sinning today. Oh, I saw that. Oh, I want that on TV. That, that old beer there looks so good. It looks cold in that foam. Oh, I can just taste it. I'm going to go out and buy me one. No, no. Listen to me. 
that sin I was once in bondage to. And it was that sin that made God send his son into the world to pay a debt so that I might be free. And can I tell you something, Baptist, believer? Understand the closer we walk to the Lord, the more we become like him. And the easier it is not to give in. Amen? That's good stuff. I'll preach. Amen? I'll <laughs> preach. Now, notice real quick, I got five minutes. I can't get out my name in five minutes. Notice what it says being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, only through Christ. Notice what it says. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. There's another preacher word, propitiation. It means appeasement. It means that God in his holy character was completely satisfied of the price and the sacrifice that Jesus did on our behalf. It satisfied the holy demands of God. It appeased him. He said, okay, I accept your sacrifice. Notice what it said. Through his blood. Understand. There's only one thing that can wash away our sins. And it is the blood of Christ. We are forgiven and our sins washed away because of the blood he shed as a sacrifice and an atonement for you and I. Now that's good stuff. What shall wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. He says, so declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Remission of sin. Forgiveness. It means without penalty. Through his shed blood, we are given forgiveness. It means that all of our sins was placed upon Christ on the cross and he took our judgment because it's the judgment we deserved, we owe, but he took it upon himself so that we might receive forgiveness remission of sins without penalty. And if you have been forgiven, you're forgiven. Been forgiven for sins in the past, forgiven for sins in the present, and forgiven even for sins in the future. As we are here waiting for his return. He literally paid the price. 
What a Savior. What a Savior. It goes on to say, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Bottom line, Paul is saying salvation comes through Christ and him alone. And if you receive Christ, then you have salvation and you are right with God. Aren't you thankful? Oh, I am. I have a relationship and so do you. If you have salvation. And then he goes on to say this. We're justified of the Father because of the sacrifice of his Son. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what? Law? Of works? Nay, but the law of faith. We can't boast. We have done nothing to earn or acquire salvation. Jesus did it all. And then it says, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Again, go to Jerusalem today, go to the Wailing Wall, and stop one of those Orthodox Jews and ask them, what are you praying for? And they'll tell you, we're praying for the Messiah to come. We're praying for the peace of Jerusalem. And we're praying that one day we'll get to dwell with Yeshua. Well, nothing wrong with those prayers. But if they truly want to dwell in eternity with Yeshua, then they must not try keeping the law and doing things, but they should trust the Lord by faith. If they do that, then they can have a relationship with the Father. But you see the Jews again. Paul, you're trying to take away the law. You're trying to do away with it. Paul is saying this. Look at the next verse. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. So salvation is for all. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcision through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid, yea, we establish the law through Christ's atoning death on the cross, through simple childlike faith and trust in what he did, we fulfill the law. He's not doing away with it. You see, Jesus, when he came, he came to fulfill the law. Did Jesus fulfill the law? Yes, Jesus was perfect. Jesus never sinned. And he fulfilled the letter 
to a T for us because we were never capable of fulfilling the law. That's why Jesus came. So, are you saved and closed? The truth about salvation is Romans chapter 3. Read it for yourself. Don't take my word. Study it. That's the truth of salvation. We're saved by grace through faith. We are sinners. I'm a sinner. I'm saved by the grace of God, but I fail the Lord every day. But listen to me. Since I've come to Christ and accepted Him as my Savior, I am not what He used to be. I'm not the man I used to be. Oh, there's still lots of work to do. But I'm not the man I used to be. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Do you know that you know you're saved? Is the Lord your Savior? I pray he is. And if he is, thank the Lord for your salvation. Who you are in Christ. What we have to look forward to. But if you've never at any time asked Jesus to save you and accepted God's gracious gift of eternal life and salvation, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. Because we don't know if we'll have another opportunity. God is speaking to you now. Obey his voice. Let's stand please. Brother Bob. Father. That's the message. Thank you for your word. Thank you Lord for. The truth of the gospel. The easy understanding of it Lord. We're simple people. Father, you laid this message on my heart for a reason. There's someone I pray has received clarity and understanding concerning salvation. Lord, I pray there's one here that's never received Jesus as their Savior, that your Holy Spirit, even as I'm praying, is dealing with that heart. We just pray, Lord, they obey. They will obey and come. So, Father, bless the invitation. May your will be done. In Christ's name, we ask these things. Amen.